Galatians 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Have you begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel before and to Abraham, saying, In you shall the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, for it's written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it's been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law which came 430 years afterwards does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by law, it is no longer it no longer comes by promise. But God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made, and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs 
according to the promise. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it's interesting, this passage, um, a world with no law, if, if we really just loved God as we should, we actually wouldn't even need the law. The law was added because we need some sort of boundary because we our hearts are rebellious against the Lord. Um, it, it's just interesting, his, his juxtaposition between the promise and the law and how faith leads us back into the promise. Um, a lot going on here. A what, lot. Yeah. yeah. What, what, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> we may should have split this one up into like four or five yeah, podcasts, or, but let's just, more. let's just see what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to just really quickly, I think it's important to point out when, when Paul says, you know, that uh, Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified, of course, n- none of the people he's writing to were in Jerusalem. Right. What he's saying is, in the preaching of the gospel, they heard. They heard it of the portrayal. Right? And you think about yeah. before your eyes. So it's in the it's in the power of the preached gospel, mm-hmm. right? That that they that they witnessed this. Right. This is what he's starting starting with. Now and then, of course, I mean, this is Paul says similar things about the law, of course, in, in Romans, in Romans five and in Romans seven. Uh, you know, and Paul's the main idea is this: we can sum up like this. As a result of Adam's sin. We are sinners, right? That's our condition. That's our status, and and you can and and we we all are sinners. We all stand before God as sinners. What the law does is the law kind of shines a spotlight on sin, right? So, How would I have known what covetousness was without yeah, the law? Yeah. So here's right. what it is, right? It is always bad. Um, it is always bad and always punished and always a breaking of the of the moral law to steal when the law comes and says do not steal and you steal anyway what it does is it reveals right how how um broken we really are how rebellious we really are and that's that's how it keeps us right that's how it keeps us imprisoned as he says right because it's constantly the law is constantly showing us um that our hearts are filled with sin that we are sinners and there's no escaping it. And, you know, the more we're told not to do, the more we will do it anyway and yeah. figure out new ways to do it and subtle ways to do it. Or maybe just or maybe just try not to do it just so we don't get caught. And that's the that's the power of the law. You see, but and I think one of the things that Paul's getting at is this is exactly what the law was meant to do, because the law drives us, points us away from ourselves because the law right. shows us that inside there is nothing we have nothing to commend us to God it, it's still a common grace guardian though as he yeah, says like exactly it, it still helps people from becoming just really wicked yeah yeah it has that I mean the law has lots of different has right. like three different sort so of functions. yeah it's not it's a guardian as he kind of talks about but it's also this like you said I like the expression just a light like you can now see where that your heart is not with the Lord right. because you've you've heard the law. Yeah, yeah. And then that that points us what? To the gospel, which is all about looking outside ourselves for what God has provided for us in, in, in Christ. And um yeah, I mean Paul, that's again like I mean, Paul makes this point so much. Um and then the the other thing is this is that the law serves the gospel. Yes. It's not like you have this period where you have law and now we switch to gospel. The law was always doing I mean, lots of things, but one of the main things the law did was it brought forward, because the promise of Abraham comes through Israel, 
right? So the 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 law and the the era of the law, right? So when Paul says when faith came, it's not as though nobody ever had faith before. He's talking about this new era now that Christ has come in fulfillment of the law. The law always served the promise, and it's the thing that brings it forward in history up to the fulfillment of it in Jesus. And right. and and, I, and Jesus's obedience too should be understood as such. Like, why did Jesus always obey? It's not because he like memorized the mm-hmm. law um, so well and tried so hard. In a sense, I guess he did, but he obeyed perfectly because he knew God perfectly. And and because he knew God perfectly, he delighted in the law. He wanted to obey, yeah. and 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 he always did obey. But. I, I love that. I think that's a good thing to kind of think through. How do you obey the law? You know God, yeah. right? And that's yeah. why the, the gospel actually is the only true means into actual obedience, kind of like what we were talking about Yeah, yesterday. yeah, because the, the gospel sets us free to obey, not for what we get out of our obedience, right? And that's the difference. Right. Uh, it sets us free so that we can, we're, we're free um to serve and to love one another. We're like we're set free from ourselves in the condemnation of the law. Um, and so it becomes this, it is, it's not as though obedience goes away, but it's true obedience. It's the obedience of the new person in Jesus who obeys out of love, love and gratitude yeah. to God and, and not fear and or... love of others, but, but never for like, never for what we're going to get from it because right. we've already been given everything. Right. Right. Everything is already ours. We can't be more right with God. And if somebody, if we can truly grasp that idea that it, we are as right with God as we can possibly be, because God declares it to be so. If we could wake up every day grasping that, um, it would completely sort of, it would transform the way we think about obedience, the way we think about love for others. Right. Because we have nothing. Yeah, there's to prove. an objective nature of the gospel, right? Even if sometimes you don't believe that you truly are a son of God, in God's court, in the the official record, which is the only record that matters, God's record, you are Brian Vickers, redeemed, saved, pure, righteous son of God. And so, but then there's like a subjective layer of the gospel. Like, can, do you actually believe that that's true? Yeah. And that would change exactly. your life. And then there's like, by the power of the Spirit, this is kind of sanctification, what I like to call kind and Paul, of like... Paul mentions the Spirit, of course, in yeah, this chapter. The yeah. actual working out of that. Like, hopefully, as you grow in Christ, as you as you come to know the Word of Christ, as you are around the people of God, you actually will desire the law, desire the, you know, the, the way of the Lord, just because you desire yeah. the way of the Lord. Your yeah. heart's becoming like God's. You'll des- You'll you'll desire to be pleasing to God and to others, right? Right, and we'll see this later on. I mean, Paul is going exactly this. Yeah, that's where freedom goes. The, yeah, yeah, with yeah. The, with the fruits of the Paul's spirit, setting and, us up, and the freedom of the gospel. And, and then you know, again, it gets to the end. Like this promise, it can come to anybody, a male or a woman, a slave. I mean, that's where I think I think this this latter passage is is confusing to some people, and people use it to oh yeah, kind of create all these strange categories. But right. really, what what is he trying to say? Is he's like, this is this is for all humanity. Everybody can receive the promise exactly through faith. I think this is that's exactly what Paul's saying. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter. I mean, when I say it doesn't matter, I'm not saying that who you are and what's happened to you doesn't matter. What I'm saying is before it's God. It's not restrictive in terms of receiving the promise God, of God. No matter what has happened to you in the past, no matter what you have done, no matter where you come from, no matter who your family is, whether you even know your family, whatever has happened, 
we're all, you know, great or small, rich or poor, known or unknown, everybody stands before God on the same equal basis of faith in Jesus alone. And that's, you know, that's kind of, that's what he's getting at. Amen. That's a great place to end. For Brian Vickers, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.